0: for that song. But if you guys have your Bibles, uh, you're going to need them today because we're going we're to go in Matthew, we're going to be in Luke, we're going to be a little bit in Re- Revelation today. But we're going to start our part three on our Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Our, it's really, this is about prayer. But let me uh, just ask Jesus to be with us again and then we'll get into it. Lord, we ask that you will be with us, Lord, we are seeking you, and now we knock because we know that we need you in our lives. So Lord, please be with us. Please answer our prayers. Please, Lord, uh, use this prayer to speak to us in a in a new way today. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is Matthew chapter seven, verse seven through eleven. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which of you, if he had a son, ask him for bread, would give him a stone. Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who seek him, or those who ask him? And so this is our third installment in this. But the reason for this is that this text is talking, uh, is about talking and asking and seeking our Heavenly Father, right? It is a teaching on prayer, which I think is uh, vastly important. Important Prayer is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us. I, I firmly believe that. And the more I kind of dive deeper into prayer, the more I believe that. Instead of God being absent and distant. You know what we get to do as Christians? We get to approach the throne of God, the throne of grace that he has for us with confidence. With confidence. So as we ask and we seek and we knock, Jesus tells us as we do this, we will be given to, we will find, and the door will be opened to you. Uh, this happens for us, not in our meddling and doing all these things, but as we are in prayer. As we pray, prayer is our action as we follow Jesus. And it's a great gift that Jesus would teach us even more about prayer. And this is going after the Lord's Prayer, but the teaching on prayer continues with this text. So today we are going to be looking specifically at knocking. And we knock because the door will be open to us. The door will be open to us. There are two texts from Luke that we're going to go look alongside this one with, because I believe they help us understand prayer, uh, specifically the Lord's Prayer, but this prayer as well is found in this section of Luke. The first one is Luke 15, 5 through 13, so you can turn there if you'd like, and it comes right after the teaching on the Lord's Prayer. So it would have been a part of the Sermon on Mount as in accordance to Luke, and It's teaching us to ask, seek, and knock, but in story form. It gives us a story. So here's Luke 11, 5 through 13. And he, that being Jesus, said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within. Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot give up, get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give you anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impotence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. To you For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for bread, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will uh, the heavenly Father give to the give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And then we have Luke. 18, 1-8 And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to also pray and not lose heart. He said, that being Jesus again, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither when the Son of Man comes, he w- will he uh, find faith on earth? So we, here, we see in these two texts, alongside this one, we, we see the neighbor who needs bread. He needs bread for the sake of hospitality. He needs this bread, actually, to be a good friend to the person who just showed up in his life. He needs this because he doesn't have enough bread, right, to feed his guest. He needs this bread. The second story is about a woman who no one stands up for her and yet she is in great need and she knows that she cannot provide the justice that she seeks for herself. These two both have a number of things in common in in these stories, these parables that Jesus gives. But one of them is they cannot provide for what they need from themselves. They just don't have it. They come and they are absolutely needy. So what do they do? They ask, they seek, they knock. The, the man on his neighbor's door, the widow on the door of the judge. They knock because they are powerless to help themselves. And they need the help of another. This is Jesus teaching on prayer. So I've read a lot of books and you guys have probably have heard a lot of sermons. Like we can pray different acronyms and we can do this and that. But as we come to Jesus and ask him, Lord, how do we pray This is Jesus' tip to us. This is his technique. Be in need. So come and be needy. If you didn't need what Jesus had for you, would you still seek, or would you just provide it for yourself? This is a question we need to ask ourselves. If you had all that you wanted, would you go looking just to add to your collection, or would you not even ask? You just go get it. If you had bread in your closet or justice at hand, would you knock on the door of another? So we come in prayer. Jesus is teaching us, we come to Jesus with open, empty hands and what we we ask for of what we're in need of. <laughs> These two in need are powerless, and yet one of the things I love about them both is they're persistent. they're persist persistent and annoyingly persistent to be honest, right? They felt the conviction so strong. They felt it strong enough to just keep at it. The first answer was no, I'm in bed or no, I'm not giving you justice. The second answer was no, like I'm not getting up. But you know what they did? They kept at it. They kept at it and they kept at it. And uh, the, the view of knocking as I see knocking in scripture, it's pretty indignant. It's indignant. It's 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 a, a little annoyed, just like it says about the widow. The man asking for bread was no different. It is, uh, it was unfair that justice was not served, and it is unfair that this person had a guest but had no bread. So they ask, and in our indignance, we knock and we knock and we knock until we keep, we just keep knocking, just until the prayer hasn't been answered. So. We ask, and 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 we ask, even when the answer appears to be no, you know what we still do? We ask. We ask Jesus. We still ask. As we come in powerlessness, we are allowing God to be power for us all. This is who he is. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we get to keep coming and keep asking because Jesus is teaching us as we ask and we seek and we knock to be persistent in prayer. We we are, as these examples that Jesus left for us, we're not embarrassed by our, our indignance. We look ridiculous, right? That's part of the indignance of this. But instead of feeling embarrassed by it, we're persistent with us. We keep asking asking for the things that we believe Jesus wants for us. Amen? This is what we do, not just for us, but for the work that he has for us. If you notice in both of these stories that Jesus is teaching about prayer, they are selfless prayers, both of them. Well, one has a little bit of benefit for itself. So one is for bread. It's not simply for their enjoyment. They're just having a party that ran over and they just ran out. But it's for the sake of another, the one that came to them. And that the guest needs bread, and the host is, needs to be hospitable, as God has laid out in Scripture for them to be. And, and so they ask for bread, not for themselves, but for the one who came. The widow wants justice, and even if it's justice just for her, I believe that in justice in Scripture, it shows us that justice benefits the community. Injustice certainly does not. Benefit the community. And so this justice, even though it benefits the woman, it's a great benefit to any community who has justice. Even as the widow wants justice against her accuser, there's great benefits for all who live in and around her. And all that see, wondering, hey, is the government going to do anything? Is somebody going to step in and see this thing? So this teaching about prayer is beautiful and it is needed. However, I would say, especially as uh, we're indignant, it's messy, It looks ridiculous sometimes. It's not as cool as just getting what you want all the time or saying in Jesus' name and then you get what you want or pray with enough faith and you get what you want. This type of prayer comes with humility. And then with that humility comes the persistence. We get to knock. We're not embarrassed to ask our good Father. We get to come to the doors that are not open and knock and knock and knock and not get tired. Of course, we leave the results up to God. Yet, even when we receive a no, that doesn't mean it will be no later on. He could just be waiting on his perfect timing. And I would love for us to know that in prayer, we are the ones who are powerless. In prayer we come, we really do need to be empty-handed. We need to be in need. This is a great thing. And then in that, we need to seek, we need to ask, and we need to knock and keep knocking. If we believe that we are ever in a situation where we have need, or if we believe that we are never in a situation where we have that type of need, then we need to shift our perspectives because we are. We cannot save our loved ones who don't know Jesus. So what do we do? Keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking God. We cannot heal our friends who are dying of cancer or any other sort of disease. So what do we do? We keep coming. We keep knocking. We keep asking. We can't fight against the world. Even if we can shelter ourselves a little bit, we can't fight or stop the world that fights against us. So you know what we get to do? We keep knocking, we keep seeking, we keep asking. We can't fight the nations that rage and we are absolutely powerless to stop it. So you know what we do? We come to Jesus and we knock and we knock and we knock, asking, begging, trusting that he's gonna do this. We're indignant that something has not yet been done about the situation that we can so clearly see. So we can come and we ask. I'll give an example. One of those areas in our community is addiction. How many of us feel so powerless to stop it, right? Like all you have to do as a community, we're in such great need. The addiction has led to uh, so many things, but I'll list a few. Rampant theft, the closing of stores in poor neighborhoods where people now that didn't have cars need to drive or take the bus even further. It's led to homelessness. It's led to prostitution, it's led to violence, it's led to abuse, so on and so on and so on. And we are all powerless against the epidemic that engulfs us here in Snohomish County. All you have to do is drive down the road, just about any road, at least in our urban spots, and look how much sadness is there. You can see it on people's face. You can see it. It's dingy. It's, it's there a lot. So you know what we do? We ask. We ask and we seek Jesus for solutions and we knock and we knock and we knock. We're asking him for healing and freedom from addiction so that our community can become more whole and more holistic and, and and more healed, to be honest. But the only way out of addiction that I can see, and this is just the truth, is deliverance granted by the Holy Spirit. I don't know another way. So what do we do? We come, we knock. We knock and we knock and we just trust that Jesus can do this. But by knocking, uh, but knocking is like asking and seeking. It's more than just us knocking. Thus, we go to the, the next verse. Revelation 3.20 shows us that Jesus is knocking on our hearts as well. Behold, this is, these are the words of Jesus from Revelation 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. This verse has been traditionally used as a text to get people to come to know Jesus for the first time, right? He's standing at your door. He's knocking on your door. He wants in. Jesus wants you to know him. He wants to be your savior and your friend. And he wants to come into your life and give you his life in exchange for yours. This is what the cross is all about is that Jesus coming into our lives, he is knocking on the door. He wants to give us life and life to the full. And he lived it to the full, full of grace, full of love, and full of power from this Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit that he promised to leave behind for us, that we might be able to live in the same power that Jesus did. He died for us so that we can live for him. And now he rose again to show us the power of his resurrection. And he is standing there knocking us, asking us to receive this salvation. This is good news for us. If you have never given your life to Jesus, he's knocking. He wants you to. He wants you to come into your life. And your life will change forever if you allow Jesus to come in. He isn't going to kick down your door. He's going to knock and knock and knock and keep knocking because he wants you to answer that's what Jesus does there are those who pray for you if you don't know Jesus yet there are those I certainly guarantee that there are those who pray for you those who like the man who needed bread are knocking on your behalf and they haven't stopped they haven't given up and I would urge you to answer the door for the very first time answer the knocking of Jesus and let him into your life you won't regret it it's not going to be easy all the time but it is a life worth living, this life with Jesus, as he comes and eats with us and, and fellowships with us. But if we have already answered that initial knock of Jesus, we too need to know that Jesus keeps knocking. Jesus doesn't want to just be invited into our soul. He wants to be invited to in all of our situations and circumstances of our lives. We are far more powerless than we understand. It, we He wants to be invited even into the places where we don't think that we have need. We actually need him. He wants to be invited in. Jesus knows what knocking is. When he says, ask, seek, and knock, he knows what indignant knocking looks like. Behold, he stands at the door and is waiting to be invited in, and he's knocking. And I love that God knows what it is to seek and find. Amen. I love that God, God's not just saying, okay, you seek, see if you can find me. No, He's also seeking us out. I love that God knows what it is like to ask and receive and to trust in the middle of that. And I love that God too knows what knocking is. And I love that Jesus has shown us this way. It's not just something that we do. It's something that He does as well. Because even in Jesus knocking, He is patient and yet He's persistent. Revelation 3.20 speaks of salvation, but not just a one-time salvation. This is a lifetime where Jesus keeps knocking on our door because he wants to save us from so much more than we can understand. He wants to be invited in over and over and over again. I would say it this way. There's no area in our life that he doesn't want to be involved in. No area. If you've answered the door for the first time and we've given our souls to Jesus, he's going to keep knocking because he cares for you, not just for your soul, but for all of you. He wants to speak into the way that we do relationships. Amen? He wants to speak into the way that we go about our work. He wants to speak in the way that we talk to people. He wants to speak in a way that we eat and we feed our families. Common things, everyday things. Jesus wants to speak into these. He wants to speak into the way that we might travel. He wants to speak into the big, important decisions that we need to make for us and our families. But he also wants to speak into the menial, the menial, everyday things as well. Maybe even your toothpaste brand. I don't know. Ask him. Talk to him about it. I just use that as a silly example because it's something that we're just like, no, I just go and buy whatever I buy. Well, we can ask. Jesus wants to speak into our lives. There's nothing that's too big or too small. Jesus wants to be invited in. And this is one thing that I believe about Jesus. He doesn't force himself into every situation. There are some where he knocks and he checks to see if the door is unlocked and then he walks in because it's unlocked, right? I believe that. But he comes and he knocks and he knocks and he knocks because he wants us to invite him in. We are far more needy than we realize far more needy than we realize. And as we're going to move forward in the book of Matthew, I pray that we will never leave behind the asking, the seeking, the knocking, the praying. And I, I pray that it may be a foundation of how we pray. Look, as this church, we spent four and a half years kind of learning how to pray, but we haven't learned it yet. We're still on our way. We're still figuring it out. And so even as this text comes up and, and the, the idea of knocking comes Let us become more indignant. Let us become more repetitive before him going, God, are you going to do it? What about now? This is how Jesus taught us to pray. And as we are going to move forward in the book of Matthew, and as we are going to move forward in prayer, and as we're going to move forward and become more indignant in this prayer, the reason we do all this is because of our faith and our trust that God is good. Because he is. This is our foundation to our prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, right? You are greater than we are and you are good. We cry out, Help us be indignant. Help us know, Lord, just how needy we are. Be with us and let us come to you in everything that we say and do. Jesus, I pray that you will help our hearts see that you are good, that we can ask and it will be given that we can seek and we will find you and that we can knock and the door will be open to us. Father, I pray that you will be good to us. You will help our hearts and our minds know your goodness. Give us the grace to never stop asking, Lord. Give us the grace to never stop seeking. And Lord, give us the grace to continue knocking even if we are tired and exhausted. In Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen.